So how'd you make the transition from the lifestyle into like the adult world? I was only okay being in a relationship if it meant we would be like totally open. My ex-husband contacted me and told me that he found condoms in our son's pocket and he was very upset. And I said, I'm not. If we play with a couple, no oral, no kissing. What just happened? My girlfriend's like, Brett was trying to suck your cock. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Thanks for stopping that. <laughs> I wanted to understand more behind like kinks and, you know, why people swing. It's so hard to detach sex from emotions. Here's an interesting question. Have you ever thought about what the impact of AI will have on the porn industry? Welcome to the Inner Confidence Podcast, where we bring you men's dating and lifestyle advice that doesn't suck. I'm your host, Robbie Kramer, a former collegiate golfer turned poker pro turned finance guy who became obsessed with learning about male-female attraction and dynamics and passionate about teaching men how to improve and optimize their love life. Tune in each week and we'll bring you the latest and greatest strategies on how to get more dates, how to build a thriving social circle that brings the best men and women into your life, how to become a better networker, and how to design a lifestyle that makes all your buddies jealous. If you're new to the show, I recommend you download my first date protocol. It's the best piece of content I have. It'll help you optimize your first date and subsequent dates. And I like to connect with my listeners personally. So if you want to grab a copy of that, please send me a direct message on Instagram. I'm at Robbie underscore Kramer. Now let's dive into this week's content. All right, we are back with Coraline Jewell, who is a master sexologist and adult film star. I came on her podcast, I think it was about a year ago, and we had a great conversation. So I'm really excited to kick around some awesome ideas. You're a master sexologist as well. Uh, so should be an interesting interview. Why don't you tell us your story? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Um, <laughs> let's see. Well, I started my, like, I was a, I was an Olympic figure skater, like an Olympic figure skater hopeful for South Africa. I was born in South Africa, uh, raised in California. I was married, um, lived in various countries, coached ice skating. And then I grew up playing ice hockey and always had a crush on the figure skaters. Right. I, and I didn't have a crush on the hockey skaters, but I did really? kick their ass. Um, on Saturday nights, it was freestyle night and I used to charge them that I could beat them around the rink. And I went home with a lot of money. My parents used to wonder what I was doing at the time. <laughs> but at that time, I was just being a good girl and just racing them. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so then, you know, somehow, you know, my, I was married and uh, things just kind of, I, I just say, you know, your, your life path takes you on different, you know, you get, you get thrown these like curveballs and you know, which direction you go. And I ended up uh, getting a degree in theatrical production and I ended up getting a job as a director in the adult industry. And from that led to copping to the other side, working in front of the camera. Um, and I also somehow got involved in running wet dude way. I was a wedding planner and then started a swingers club in 2012. I built that to about 20,000 members and everything just kind of like turmoiled into, you know, then I decided, uh, you know, I wanted to understand more behind like, kinks and you know why people swing and why people you know what the pros and the cons are of that world and that led to me going to get um certification as, as a sexologist and then started working for dr Susie as her they could on-call therapist for her and then i wrote a book and documentary and i'm working on my second book and here i am <laughs> i don't even know where i'm going next so that was a great sort of summation <laughs> <laughs> I know. If someone if someone asked me like tell your you know life story in two minutes I would yeah. have not done nearly as well. Um, <laughs> so, That's crazy. When so you were basically in like you know a traditional like monogamous marriage yes. prior. Yes. And what what made what made that fall apart and why did you you know kind of walk, go down this other path? 
We, um, my husband and I were actually together for, we were married 10 years, together for 14 years, and we actually did, got involved in the swinger lifestyle community about the last year of our marriage. Mm-hmm. And that's what ultimately ended our marriage. And so people always say to me, well, why would you stay in that lifestyle? And why would you start a club? Like, why would you start a community when that's how your marriage ended? And um, it was really because at that time in my life, I felt like that was um, my sense of those, they, they became our friends. That was our community. That was, you know, we chose to do the vacations and be mm-hmm. part of, you know, just going out with, you know, people, people involved in the lifestyle and not necessarily that we were sexually involved with them, but that that was, there was an open-minded community where you could say what you want, do what you want, wear what you want. And nobody, there was no, there was a lack, no judgment. Um, but we didn't have the guidance. So we didn't know some of the rules and the etiquettes and we communicated with each other, but, um, uh, some of our communication was, um, we didn't know, like, for example, we said, you know, okay, if we, if we met, if we play with a couple, no, no oral, no kissing. And then like the first time that we did it, like I, the guy goes to kiss me and I look over and I say, oh no, no, no kissing. And he goes, but your husband's kissing my girlfriend. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then <laughs> like he goes to, to do oral. And I was like, no, 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 that's another one of our rules. And he's like, but there, and I'm like, Oh, hmm. Okay. So, um, you know, so then it was like, okay, saying to my husband, well, what just happened there? And he says, well, that's, doesn't really work to like be intimate with somebody without those things. And I'm like, all right, well, and then, you know, things like term world where we would meet a couple and we ended up being like exclusive with that couple. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, it was just sex. And it was like, all right, get out of my bed. Great. Wonderful. Get, get my husband back. And then with them, it was like giggling and laughing. And I was like, do you have like a connection with her? Like, is there something I'm missing? And he's like, you've lost your mind. And I'm like, I don't think I have, like, it's a woman's intuition. And this is your chance to say to me, you know what? I do have a, like, I do have an emotional connection with her. And he didn't admit that. And so I found out six months later that they'd been having like an affair on the side. And I say affair because people say, well, but you guys are already having sex with them. Well, there's sex and then there's emotions. And right. so that was the emotions, but that's why I stayed in it. And that's why I started doing like the counseling and stuff like that, because there's, there's people that turn to the lifestyle community just to save their marriage. And I tell them it's not going to save your marriage, you know? Um, and then there's people. Oh, sorry. Go on. No, I was just going to say that there's people, there's people that, um, you know, come to it for the right reasons. You know, they've been married 30 years and they're just looking to spice up and something exciting. And if you, if you do it right, I call it, you know, I say, if you, you're playing with fire, and if you don't know how to play with fire and you're not learned the lessons, you know, and the, and the rules and the etiquette about it, you're going to get burned. But if you have the background and the knowledge of how to do this right, then you can spice up your marriage or spice up your relationship with your partner. Yeah, I had quite a bit of experience in the lifestyle. Um, I started dating a girl. This was, I think, in 20, 2013, about 10 okay. years ago. Um, and we were, you know, we were very open. We were kind of like threesome hunting all the time. And eventually we kind of found our way over to like the lifestyle lounge, um, mm-hmm. you know, that the website basically. And we went to a sex party in LA and we were like, oh, this is way easier to meet, you know, single girls or, you know, just to meet like other open-minded people going Instead to the actual looking online or, or online. Right. Cause we were just going around to the bars, you know, we'd try to pick up girls at like the gay bars. Cause that was a, a great place to do it. West Hollywood. <laughs> we got pretty good at it. Um, but then she kept complaining during our, you know, during sex, she's like, Oh, you're giving all the attention to the other girl. I'm like, well, she's new, of course. Uh, but that didn't go over so well. Yep. And then eventually <laughs> when she was like, I need more dick. I'm like, okay, great. Well, let's, let's swap. Um, so we encountered a lot of the same obstacles you guys did, but it, we, our, our rules were just kind of like, Oh, we'll just kind of make them up in the moment. Um, mm. and we were obviously 
like, you know, green to the whole thing. And we, we did a pretty good job of like finding the right couples. Then we kind of got involved with like a core group of, you know, people and they right. would throw you kind of like, find your, You find your group. They saw they not, not your click, but you kind of find your click is what it yeah, is, you know? Totally. And it was a really good like crew of fun people in LA. Um, probably like 10 to 12 couples. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we sometimes we'd go to like the Vegas takeover, you know, events. But a lot mm-hmm. of the time it was just like. I'm know. surprised we never crossed paths up until we interviewed you. Yeah. I mean, this was. So you were involved in the same time, like 20. Yeah. So 2012 was when I, 2012 was when I started my club. Okay. So what's the name of the club? Well, that's the whole attorney thing I was just telling you about before we took our interview. It uh-huh. was Hanky Panky. Um, and now we now I'm called Embrace. So Embrace Lifestyle Events. Gotcha. Okay. So that was like your podcast because you're the host of the Hanky Panky podcast. You're still doing the podcast? Yes. And now it's the Embrace podcast. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Okay. So yeah, um, we found what what ended up happening to us is like, well, I, I kind of, I don't know. It was It was one of those situations where... I was, when, when I got in the relationship, I was only okay being in a relationship if it meant we would be like totally open. And I was very much about having lots of experiences, lots of variety. I had all this stuff on my sexual bucket list I wanted to check off, not really consciously, but unconsciously. That's, that's right. what I was doing. Um, and you know, as time went on, we'd meet new couples, we'd both form connections, but my tendency to form connections, I think was stronger than hers. Okay. Um, and then that, of course, led to drama. And then, you know, we had like, a, we had a girlfriend for a while. And then like, I remember I went and like cuddled with her and that really pissed off my girlfriend when I went to do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, it's like, it's so hard to detach sex from meaning uh, or sex from emotions. You know? Right. That's the key. Right. And it's like, I didn't think like me going to cuddle with that girl would just like totally, you know, piss off my girlfriend in, in hindsight. Because cuddling, cuddling, is, cuddling is emotion. Exactly. Sticking your dick inside of her is just sex. Totally. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I was an idiot, of course, but Man. lessons learned. It was fun. <laughs> I remember yeah, it's a, one it's of those a, parties. It's a, it's a difficult, it's definitely a, a, a different world of navigation, you know, and um, it definitely takes a couple that's involved in a strong relationship with strong communication. You can't not for a second say, okay, did not like you cuddling, not okay with that. If you don't say it and then you keep it inside, it just builds up, builds up. And then all of a sudden it just comes out as I let you do this and this and this and this and this and this and that. And, you know. And a lot of he said, she said, and, um, you know, they talk about call passes, like giving, you know, like, um, I disagree with hall passes. I disagree with, this is me. I disagree with separate room sex because I feel like you're in this together as a couple and you're in this together as a partnership to experience this together. What's the point of him going off to another room and you going off to another room and coming back and being like, yeah, that guy's, you know, he fucked me better than you did. Great. So, you know, so what I, what I found interesting was out of all those couples, this is 10 years later. I think there's only two that are still together and we probably met 30 to 40 couples that we were like, these people are awesome. We love both of them. You know, the guy, Mm -hmm. girl, they were both awesome, really cool people. But I mean, I guess with any couple, right? Like most were not married. A few were, Um, but the the two that were married are still married. Those are the only Mm -hmm. two that are together. Probably another five or six that were married got divorced and then the rest who were just dating you know, okay. all broke up. 
Um, not, I mean, not to say like if you run an analysis of just a, a non-lifestyle couple, the odds of them staying together are like less than 5% anyways. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Did Which you find, true. did you find there's any correlation between, well, do, do you find like couples that, that swing are more likely to break up versus non or? No, I think I find it the opposite. I think that um, if you, it, it, it well, really, again, you know, it's just like, you know, couples that turn to this relationship, turn to this to save their relationship ends up, ends up, you know, not working anyways. But, you know, from what I can see in my experience is that, and this is not just in relationships. This is in the business world, as I just told you earlier. People lack the skills of communication and listening. Right. And I think that's the number one issue in with anything. And everybody is, you know, it's it's in and it's in anything. It's is a waitress and you're a customer sitting at the table and they didn't listen when you said no tomatoes or whatever it may be, right? right. People like right. they don't listen. And that I think that's the biggest thing. And so it's the same with like the community like with the lifestyle. If you don't listen to your partner when your partner says, please, I don't want us to do this. This is the one thing that I think is special between you and me. And then they go and do it. You didn't listen. It's tough because, you know, you tell a human being not to do something and what do they do? Uh, Typically that thing, right? It's human nature. (laughs) But I uh, 100% agree. Communication, it's like it's you have to say something in the moment, right? You can't let that fester. And that's hard. Yeah, I always tell people. Mm -hmm. I always say, though, like, don't don't be in a situation with a couple interacting with something that you don't really want to do, but you're not comfortable, but you're not comfortable to say, hey, guys, sorry, let's stop for a second. You wait till after the fact and then you say to your partner, oh, my God, I didn't want to do that. You know, and then your partner goes, well, why didn't you, you know, say something like I'll give you a perfect example. I had a boyfriend for three years. We he was not in the lifestyle. I brought him in. Okay, and um. He knew, like I told him, at, at any given point, if there's like a connection with somebody, like what my husband did to me, say something to me. Let's not continue this. And I remember that one night, it took us a while before we actually, would, we, we never played fully like what's called full swap with a couple until we got comfortable with each other. We were with a couple in Las Vegas and they were super cool and we went into their like their hotel room, like living room, hotel room, living room, okay, to you know, hang out. And then they were cool. And then as soon as we went to the bedroom, like to go play, she just, it was like Jekyll and Hyde. She was like, you two there, us here. And I remember looking at my boyfriend and being like, mm. but we didn't say anything. Okay. We still went with it. Okay. I then remember we went on the bed, me and her husband, and they went on the other bed. It was two full size beds. So it wasn't queens. So not, you know, four people couldn't have been on them. So I was okay with us being in the same room, but separate beds. I couldn't have been more than three seconds. And she just screams, I love you. And like this orgasmic sound, which I mean, I can make for you guys, but we just, and I remember that I was like, what just happened to her husband? And he took my cheek and he goes, don't even look. And I go, I'm not gonna look like I was like in shock. I love you. And this like scream. So we went about our thing, me and her husband for like 45 minutes and it was quiet over there. And I remember stopping and looking at him and being like, baby, are you guys done? And he goes, never started. And I'm like, huh? And he goes, never started. And I went, okay, you guys, it was really nice meeting you and we'll see you later. We got to go, you know, and we got in the car. He told me that nothing happened. He didn't even touch her. That was completely fake. Her screaming and doing that whole thing in the beginning was just a show to get his attention, which he never gave her. He told me not to look either. took my cheek. And I said to my boyfriend, why didn't you stop me? Why didn't you say like, Hey babe, we need to go. And I would, he's like, well, you look like you were having a good time. And he continued to throw that at me throughout the rest of the relationship. Remember that time I let you. And I was like, no, no, that's not fair. Cause I didn't know. I didn't want to look over at the I love yous, you know, so you have to communicate. 
You so have to. So what did she do after I love you? She just like lay oh, there. Oh, he said he didn't even touch her. He said he didn't even hold her hand. Like he didn't even. T- the I love you was an attempt, like to grab his attention, and then the screaming orgasm, orgasm that she had was just like just to get his attention, which he didn't, you know, didn't give into. So, uh, we, you know, we were in our own little world for forty five minutes before I was like, they're being really quiet, and then I noticed they were just both sitting there staring at us. <laughs> That's so, yeah, so, that's so strange. I mean, you have to communicate before, you know, and also I always tell people to communicate before you go to that room. Um, I have couples that tell me, you know, they meet a couple. They don't really tell that couple, you know, oh, we're new or oh, we're into this or oh, we're into that or whatever it is. Okay. They go to the room. They don't realize that the male half might be bisexual. He goes to interact with the other male. The other male is not interested, doesn't know how to say no. Right. Okay. Goes through with it. And then it's very uncomfortable after the fact. Well, if you don't tell people, then how are you supposed to know? Right. <laughs> yeah, I've got some funny stories about that. Right. Um, <laughs> you see? <laughs> That's a big thing. In the lifestyle, it's totally fine for the woman's profile to say bisexual. But God forbid a man's profile says, you know, my husband's bi-comfortable or bisexual. People like, you know, say, oh, no, 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 no. And it's oh. like, I guarantee you, your husband's bisexual or bi-comfortable as well. He just doesn't put on profile. Yeah, we had a birthday party. I think it was my 32nd birthday or 31st, whatever. And uh, one of the couples who came was actually my ex-girlfriend, and she brought this guy who was bisexual, but we didn't know he was bisexual. And um, at one point, you know, I think my girlfriend plus her plus another girl were, like, going down on me. And then all of a sudden, like, I see someone's head, like, thrown across the room, and I'm like, what just happened? My girlfriend's like, Brett was trying to suck your cock. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah the way it was phrased by i think it was by my ex was like my other ex so, so my current girlfriend who's now my ex obviously and the other ex she was like does anyone want a birthday blowjob and i was like sure but i guess was, i think she said we're gonna give you a birthday blowjob and i thought that meant like her and my girlfriend and the, the one other girl but apparently it meant we as in me and my <laughs> Anybody that wants to get involved. <laughs> exactly. Um, the thing is, just between you and me and everybody else who's listening, I'm sorry, but only a man knows how to please a man the best because you know what you like and vice versa with a woman. So <laughs> the problem is if you go there, you're going to be like, fuck, this is not bad, actually. So Then you cross that line and then you're like, well, mm-hmm. let's now, you know, so – that that was just a line I didn't really want to cross. Not that, no, I, mean, not. <laughs> I I I agree. I think a man probably would be much better than that. Given you have one, right? It's like yeah. how, there's no way I'm a good as good at you know licking pussy that than a woman because <laughs> I don't have exactly. a clit. Like <laughs> right, exactly. No, it's true. It's true. So and that, but again, that's a door that you know. Luckily, somebody else stopped that for, before you have enough to make him feel uncomfortable and say, "Hey, man, sorry, just not my thing." You know exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was in another situation like that at Burning Man where the the guy was bisexual, but he at least like asked and asked me if I was like comfortable after you know we had kind of swapped and I was like, no, it's not really my thing, but you know, they approached that. Right. But yeah, it's, it's tough because when you're dealing with sex, you know, it can get awkward. So if you ask or you stop things, you feel like you're killing the vibe and 
Right, right. But you have to. You have to. And, you know, I always tell people, I always say, you know, if you're in this moment with another couple, you're grown adults. So just, you know, it's your body. You have the authority and the right to say, hey, listen, you guys, we're, we apologize. We're sorry. It's not it's nothing against you or us. It's just that this is not going to work or this doesn't feel right. You know, and you don't need to go into the details of why and or, you know, what's going on between you and your partner. I always say don't go into the drama. It's enough to say we truly apologize. We're going to stop. That's it. Right. So that's all you have to say. You don't owe anybody an excuse of, you know, giving them their, your backstory of, well, the reason is blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Okay. Not going to work. So yeah, and say that's it. why I found, I found the lifestyle to be like a really interesting period of growth for me as a guy, you know, in my mid thirties, early thirties, mm-hmm. just because it, it forced me to communicate a lot more. Uh, it forced me to like have boundaries and stick to boundaries. And yeah, it was, it was a great period of growth and, um, yeah, I was I was very thankful for all those. Now now I feel like hey, if if my partner was interested in it, I you know I dabble, but I'm not. I kind of felt like I got those things out of my system. I guess you could say. Yeah, it's kind of like you know when they say you get your partying out, your twin. You know, like we were just mm-hmm. in Vegas last week, and me and a bunch of girlfriends, and we, they, my one girlfriend was like, "We're going clubbing," and I'm like, "Eh." The rest of us really aren't feeling this. And she's like, come on. And so we went and like, you know, two of them are up there, you know, having a great time. And the other four of us are outside going like, how do we get out of here? How do we nicely say we want to go? You know, you've done it. You've done it. You're over it. So totally. So how'd you make the transition from from the lifestyle into like the adult world? That was kind of simultaneously. So um, I think I try to look back on it. I think so. I was okay. I was divorced. And when I got divorced, we had been already like dabbling in the lifestyle. And so I got a job working at a club um, as a door girl um, to make some money at one of the clubs that we used to go to when I was married. That led to um, meeting someone there who said, you know, you should do modeling. So then I started modeling. Modeling led to um, a photographer asking me if there was any location I knew of that was a nightclub environment that we could shoot at when they're not open to the public, which led to me getting on Facebook and a friend of mine saying, hey, Dino from high school owns, you know, expose. And so we, at that time we didn't know, but so we went down there, me and my photographer and he pulled up and I go, this is a strip club. And he goes, did you know that? And I go, "Mm, I didn't know that. And so we go in and, um, you know, my, my photographer saying, you know, get on the pole. And I'm like, I don't know how to get on the pole. And he's like, you can't get on the pole. And I'm like, no, I was an ice skater. I've never been a stripper, you know, and I was 36 (laughs) years old. And so at 36 is when I, um, you know, started model at 36, I was modeling, which led to, uh, the owner of the club who was a friend from high school saying, you should dance here. And I'm like, I can't dance here. I'm 36. And he's like, you'll make $800 a day. And I'm like, I can dance here. Where do I, I sign up? You know? <laughs> and so started, that's how it happened. I started dancing. That led to me getting on the site called Sexy Jobs. That led to me getting a job as a porn director, then crossing over to the other side because the male talent said to me, how many times are you going to write a check to these girls that can't do anything right? And I'm like, you're right. I can do it better than them. So then that's how it came over. And then from there, things just kind of turmoiled, you know? So you be, so I, you, you were a director before an actress? Yes. I went the total opposite. Yeah. Director, camera girl, production assistant. I did all that first. Really? Okay. <laughs> so no. when you, when you did become an actress, what was your, did that like change anything about sex for you? Um, cause I've, I, I've actually have a lot of friends who are porn stars. Um, a lot of girls from, I used to live in Ukraine and mm-hmm. as you know, and a lot of, a lot of girlfriends of mine that lived there, um, eventually kind of made their way over to Budapest. Um, I'm also friends with Julia Grande who kind of mm-hmm. runs like Vixen and Blacked and that whole operation is like one of the biggest porn operations in, in right. Europe. Um, and you know, I'm always curious, like what does the, 
what does the impact of, of like, you know, being an adult star have on your like normal sex life? You know, you really have to have this, um, you know, but it's, it's interesting because for me, I can really separate it. That is a job. I am showing up. What is my, what are we shooting? How long is it going to take? What positions? Where's the pop? Okay. How much content do you need? And done. Okay. When, and then I, you know, my mind is, I'm sorry to say, but my mind at that time is like, okay, I've got to get the kids home from school. I still have to get them over to soccer practice. I've got to get dinner. I've got to get laundry. I've got to get to the bank in time. You know, you've, you're, you're still, that's your job. And it's just your regular day. Whereas anybody that I dated during that time, at first it was like, oh yeah, you're a porn star. Totally fine with that. You know, no problem. But then there was a problem with it, you know, and they can't, mm-hmm. can't understand that we can separate. I can definitely separate. You know, um, but I definitely I don't date anymore. Like I just decided I just don't date anymore. And I even tried to date somebody not too long ago, and I was like, yeah, no, I can't do this. So it just doesn't work. So, um, so when you say I'm don't just, date, you mean like you're just perpetually single, or like- I'm single, yeah, and I won't date ever again. Really? <laughs> yeah. So I've, no love for you. That's it's, gonna a, it's gonna take a real good man to change my mind about the male species. I'm sorry to say, but I've, I I coach in this world. I teach. I you know I I do seminars and um and it's gonna come back to exactly what I say. Communication is just pathetic and it's awful. It's mm-hmm. awful and it's gonna take somebody that's gonna blow my mind and I'm gonna be like, wow, you really did hear what I said or you really <laughs> are listening. You know, so. Wow, that's so that's so interesting that you've come to that place. Um, I have, yeah. Do you still like so? Are are you still acting at all? Like, are you still are you having sex? Yeah, um, but I but 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 it's for money. You know, I do it for I yeah. do I shoot, so it's for my scenes. Um, I won't. I mean, I don't, and I really don't. I don't. Um, it's hard to explain. the The adult industry has changed so much. You know, it's not really about having an agent anymore or having a manager anymore. It's really more about you know. Uh, you, you know, these different platforms where Only you have fans. subscription page. Well, Only fans can shove it in their ass. And I hope they hear this. I hate them. I, I wish that your listeners would not support that platform. They are awful. They made their success off the adult industry. And as right. soon as they did that, they were ready to throw us to the curb. You know, really? now we're back again because they realized, holy crap, they bring in a lot of money. Now, yeah. I canceled my Only fans page, which is a nightmare in itself. You know, they, they, they make it impossible to close your page. And if you go and you Google OnlyFans complaints, you'll find over 5,000 complaints of people saying, I couldn't fight anymore for my $40, my $80, my $20. And I'm like, well, that's how they're rich because there's all you guys that, you know, I, I got my money back. It was a pathetic amount of like $110, but I fought until I got it. But they're impossible. But there's tons of platforms out there like Loyal Fans, Many Vids, Fansly. There's a bunch of others that are, you know, they're there for the adult industry and they support us. And so we should support them. Nobody should support OnlyFans. I swear. Uh, I remember I when they, they tried awful. to kill the adult, you know, sector. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, that's not going to work. That's, that's like yeah. how you guys became huge. Like how can you, it's, it's so fucked. Um, they are, they're awful. They're, and then if you look at any complaint form or re, you know, reviews or whatever, it's always their same answer. You know, it's their little bot with their stupid, we're sorry, we're unable to locate your information. I just got an email today that says, Thank you. We have closed your OnlyFans account. Really? Because I asked you guys to do that six months ago. Like you just did it? You know, they're awful. They're I'm awful. I'm sure they've got yeah, almost no support. That's that's what I hate about all these big Terrible, 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 know, terrible companies. company. So I had a couple more questions before I we dive in more into the the OnlyFans, all the adult like online content. <laughs> um so when it comes to so like now, did you notice like any sort of um, I guess like transition with your relationship with sex. Like, did you feel like getting into adult entertainment, like made sex better for you, made it worse? 
Um, like, are you, you're able to like, do you enjoy having sex on camera versus like yeah. with a partner? Yeah, no, I can, I can definitely differentiate. I think that being in the adult industry, um, um, yeah, it gives you, you know, you know, at the time it was like, you know, going home and trying things with my boyfriend or my partner and being like, Hey, look, we tried this today. Let's see if we can do it. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but you really have to be able to, to separate, you know, that that's your job. Okay. Right. Um, you know, people don't understand, like, I mean, it's, even today when people like, you know, talk to me, they're like, well, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, you know, perform like, you know, like what your porn scene that you did with it. I'm like, listen, that's all edited. Do you think that we really go exactly like you're watching? No. Usually sometimes we have the pop shot right away. Then we go and do the scenes and then we're done. Sometimes you guys think that the pop is right away. No, 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 no. The director's eating pizza. I'm playing on my cell phone. He's jacking off in the corner until he's ready to pop. And then he comes up and go rolling. Okay. It's like, right. it's not... It's not what you guys see. Oh, I think I that's think why really amateur up sex for guys. You know, yeah, exactly. Like, that's that's yeah. what I try to explain to people is that, you know, yeah, especially like people that are young, you know, like 21, 22, don't think that what you're seeing in porn is actually sex. It's not, it's not, that's, it's all, it's all, you know, unless you're watching like a scene where somebody, I, I can say that most of my scenes, you know, they are stop and go and take breaks and do this. Unless it's somebody that I've shot with like J crew and we have such a connection together as friends, you know, and he's got his wife and his family and we show up, we do our scene and you know, the director won't stop us unless he says, I'm going to stop you only guys, only if I need to, otherwise just do your thing. You know, mm-hmm. you have to be able to have that connection and be able to work with that, you know, your talent, but so you um, prefer to work with the same guys that you're obviously. I prefer to, cool to work. I do. I prefer to work because I feel like we can establish. We could. It's very believable. You know, my my scene. If, you, if somebody goes and watches my scenes with Jay, those are believable scenes. If you go and watch my scenes with some of the younger guys, although some of the those are some of my pop, my more popular scenes, like with Juan Cabello. You know, those are my popular scenes because, but people like that whole milf dynamic. You know, that milf and little and young young talent. I will say dynamic. So. <laughs> I almost said little, little boys, but it's not the dude of their age. So (laughs) it's crazy. So when, when they're casting, you obviously get to choose beforehand. Mm -mm. Really? So sometimes you'll show up and there'll be some guy like, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, I, I I don't think I've never, I've never gotten to choose ever. No, it's, um, has there ever been a situation where you're like, I'm really not attracted to him, but I have to shoot with him. So I'm just going to suck it up and do it. No, not really. Um, Cause I don't, I'm very much not about your looks. You can be the most gorgeous man in the world. And if you have an attitude within like three minutes, I'm out. Like I, I really, that I am a huge personality thing. Like I've had people um, at my swingers events. I'll never forget this. A couple shows up at my party. They say to me, you run the hell, you run such good parties. This is the energy's good. You're a great hostess. You're going to do so good. If you make sure that that couple like that, those kind of people don't come to your events anymore. And I went, I'm sorry, what? And they go, them right there. And I go, no, I, I see who you're pointing at. I just want to make sure you're, you're saying uh, that gentleman right there and that lady right there. And I'm not going to describe them here because that's how well-known they are, okay? And they said, yeah, yeah, you can't have it. I go, oh, okay, well, you see, he's a surgeon and she's a respiratory nurse. And I'm going to show you the door because those are two of the nicest people I've ever met in my entire life, you know? And to me, it's like the looks looks will take you this far. And yeah. then from there, you better you better have a personality. And so... Um, the only thing with showing up on set is like, they'll tell you before, okay, you are scheduled to shoot with so-and-so. Okay. So I, I'll Google so-and-so and see, okay, you know, who have they shot with, you know, um, you know, get a little bit to know like who they are about them so that I can connect with them when I get there. But you don't ever, I don't think I ever get to choose. I've never gotten to choose. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I've really seen that in my own experience and the experience of all my clients. It's like the only women who really care about looks are just incredibly inexperienced or really yeah. young or really green. 
you know, once you've had some sort of life experience, you're, it, it's personality all the way. Which it is totally great for is. guys who, who come to me and they're like, oh, I'm too short or I'm too bald or I'm too fat. And I'm like, well, yeah, let's fix the things you can fix, right? Like you can't, you, you can fix the bald, you can fix the fat, you can't fix the short, but you know. But like, you know, that's the thing is that like guys need to know that there's, you know, you've got to bring something else to the table. And I think the number one thing that you can bring, honestly, communication, listen, listen. Uh, somebody yesterday, a guy, a guy brought me, um, as a gets, he brought me chocolates. And I was like, how did you know I like chocolates? And he goes, I read your profile. You said the three ways to your heart, chocolates, coffee, and massage. And I was like, mm-hmm. you're listening. You read. He said, I didn't know what kind of chocolates you didn't specify. So I brought a whole board. <laughs> There's strawberry. Oh, I have so much chocolate in my refrigerator now. Yeah. So he was listening. He listened. If he keeps mm-hmm. listening, then hey, maybe, maybe. And read. Again. Like if you guys are meeting somebody on a dating profile, read their profile, you know, and write on your profiles. And don't write about your kids, please. <laughs> that drives me crazy too. I well, I, I was watching yeah. a uh, a study the other day that said that men who you know, if you if you talk less than eighty percent on the first date, uh, sorry, if you let the woman talk eighty percent, at least eighty percent on the first date, you're going to have a way better chance of having a great first date, and because that way you remain mysterious, she gets to fill in the blanks about you. The, guy, mm-hmm. the guys I always see struggling with dates are the ones who like show up and they're just talking about their job all the time or they're talking about them. It's like, shut up, dude. Just let her talk. You listen. Yeah. And talk about not even so much personable stuff, like personable stuff, but more like, um, like what's on your bucket list? What do you like to do for fun? What's stuff? That's the craziest thing you've ever done. Stuff like that. Stuff I that can't stand. Like, I think I told you, I tried to go, I tried to date somebody. I mean, I don't know if he, I don't think, I don't think he listens to anything because I don't think he knows anything about me because he never listens, but mm-hmm. I tried to date him like regular dating. And, um, all I hear about the entire time, whenever I'm saying is his son and his, and the son, and the son's sports activities and this game and that game and this baseball and cool that. And story, it's like, bro. you don't, I have two kids too. My kids are my fucking world. You mess with my kids. I'm going to freaking beat your ass. Okay. But I don't talk about them all the time. I love them. They're my kids. But nobody else wants, nobody else cares, you know, all that, all the, all the details, you know what I mean? Um, And so that guy like continuously tries to message me, you know, like, Hey, do you want me to like, stop like messaging you? You want me to stop reaching out? And it's like, listen, I don't dislike you. I don't wish anything bad upon you, but I definitely can't sit through another dinner with you. There's no ways, no fucking ways. Did you ever date anyone in the adult industry? Yeah, I would. I would, I actually used to say don't date in the adult industry, but part of me thinks that really we're the only ones that get each other. It seems like you kind of have to, mm-hmm. you know, cause yeah. it's like any, I definitely, I would, there's not anybody, there's not anybody that I have come in contact with yet that I would, I'm like, you know, want to, but I think I would, but I mean, most of like the, most of like the, the male talent, they're really my good friends. Like, like J crew is like a really good friend of mine. Uh, Dick Chibbles, who's retired now, um, you know, him and his wife, they're really good friends of mine. I've really established a connection of friendship with them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the successful couples I know in the adult industry are in the industry. Um, I don't, I don't know. Uh, Ariana Marie, I know her, I met her at a Vegas event and her husband mm-hmm. is like a, an agent. Um, I don't know if they're still together. I don't really speak. To yeah, them I don't know. And there's, you know, the industry's changed so much. I mean, that's just, that's just so. It's, it's really kind of sad, you know. Um, it used to be, you know, you would have an agent and you would be taken to the production studios and you would do what's called a go see and you'd, you'd be taken in and introduced and, you know, this is Coral and Jules. She's the new milf. Blah 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 blah. And now 
that's that the, the ghosties are done. Agents are pretty much, you know, nobody, nobody really contacts the agency because a lot of people self book. Um, a lot of the production companies are closing because, you know, if they, if they pay you to shoot and then they put their stuff up on their website, it's just being pirated. And, you know, it's really, it's changed. So, right. And now everything's moving, you know, to OnlyFans and all those other sites like we talked about. Right. Um, here's an interesting question. Do you have, have you ever thought about what, the impact of AI will have on the porn industry. Just going to tell you about that. Yeah. So that's, um, I actually just started working for a company I'm an ambassador for that. It's called deep fakes. Mm -hmm. And, um, about a year ago, he contacted me. I actually met him at a, it was a reunion. So it's a, I say reunion. It was a networking event only for industry. Okay. So no fans. So it's like miniature golf one day or race cars, or, you know, we had poker night and it was in Arizona. And I met this uh, gentleman there who was telling me about this deep fakes and AI. And I'm like, is it like Dungeons and Dragons? Like you create your own character. And he's like, I wouldn't really call it Dungeons and Dragons, but okay. And I said, why would anybody spend money to create a fake fantasy woman that they can't do anything with? Right. She's, she's not real. And he says, oh no, people will. They will do that. And I go, okay, yeah, good luck with that. You know, and I let it go. Well, sure enough, that's what he's doing now. And he's contacted me and said, you know, you can join the site and people can take Coral and Jewel's image and then they can enhance it or whatever, how they want you to be. So um, I joined it and I'm on it. And it's very interesting because, you know, from what I understand is like, now you don't need to hire a model for a billboard. You just create your AI model of exactly what you want. And there's your perfect model on the billboard. Or, you know, it's going to come to where... Uh, we've been talking about it like with porn, like they'll be able to do, you know, pornography scenes um, with with two fake eye characters or whatever it may be um, that aren't even real. But a lot of fans have told me that they don't want to see. That's just like how amateur porn has become more popular than, you know, regular porn, because people want to see what they can relate to. And they're not going to relate to perfect humans or perfect right. fake. Not, they'll be able to perfect. tell the difference. Yeah, um, it's really crazy. Um, I I don't know. If, I'll try to pull up one picture while I'm they, showing my showing my kids yesterday the AI characters, and they are like I have no legs and I'm my arms are in my shoes. <laughs> yeah, it's the weirdest. Can find it. I'm a fi yeah, we'll be able to find. Did do you watch the series uh, Dave by any chance? No, I don't watch TV. It's about so Little Dicky, and, and I I also almost never watch TV, but um, okay. The rapper Lil Dicky, and it's it's a really interesting show because he gets into a lot of social commentary. And one of the scenes is he orders this sex doll, but okay. he designs it himself, and it's like you know, it's it's as heavy as a real human. It's like right, it's like his perfect everything, right? And it's like pretty soon that thing will become a droid, you know, and then that droid will be able you'll be able to have sex with robots. And, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, and then I we feel like that could be just a few years away. Like we're not even talking like a decade. Oh yeah, Four we're close. Years. We're close. I mean, we we were talking about this the other day. It's going to have such a different I mean, honestly, forget dating anymore. You could just create your robot. Your robot does exactly what you want it to do. There's no arguing anymore. There's no fighting and you have the perfect I don't think it's a bad idea, but okay, well, let's see. So, so many men. Can you see that? Do you see my yes. feet? Yes. Are it, wait, 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 it's hard to see. Wait, are you attached to like a, a motorcycle there? I'm on a motorcycle, but look, I have no legs. Let me see if I can pull that in here. Okay. Okay, look. That's my <laughs> leg stump. Do you see the stump? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so those are my whatever. A stump. It's the weirdest thing. And so, so that's, your, your arms that's my are face. In the boots. Yes. So that's like one of the characters they made. <laughs> you see them? 
Is that crazy? I don't know what's going on in that one? Well, what happened to my nipple? And like, can you show nudity? Yeah. It's not really nudity because I don't really have a nipple. But what happened there? So. <laughs> so these, but this is now. I like showed these, not that one to my kid, but like I showed this one to my kids, and mm -hmm. my kids like they thought that was really me. It's not me. I mean, it is me, but it's not me. So this is what it's coming to. But yeah, I mean, these 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 blow up dolls or whatever you call them. They, they, there's they're these ones they are called, um, only dolls, only dolls. I think they're, and the, the, like they were going to make a coral and jewel doll and it's like, it talks, it does everything, but it does exactly what you program it to do. Yeah. Well, I think it's so perfect. Many. I could have a man that'll listen. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there's so many guys that are like the, I think it's now that like 30% of men, like 30 and under, like aren't having sex at all. And oh, really? It's, I mean, don't quote me on those numbers, but it's a huge percentage, you yeah. know, and the percentage of men having a lot of sex is like the, the guys at the top are having way more sex and the guys at the bottom are having way less. Hmm. And those are the guys that are spending money on OnlyFans and they're, they're essentially paying for, you know, a connection that they think is real, but is obviously fake, right? They're right. That's that's the reason why OnlyFans is, I think, so popular and all these other sites. It's because it's like you have these these lonely guys that are behind their computer. And that's the thing. People are so um, they're so they're, there's no more human interaction. It's all behind your computer. It's like all this webcaming. I mean, that's I think I personally think that the OnlyFans and all these like um, platforms they're gonna go. They're gonna be gone soon. Okay, but the porn industry is also gonna be gone soon. What's gonna stay? Webcaming. I think webcaming will stay for a long time. Mm. Because that's your only real interaction. So, so um, I'm sure you're familiar with Andrew Tate. Like he made his money by having all of his webcam models and he would chat with the guys. So that, and, and obviously he was versed in psychology and how to maximize them sending gifts and cash. Exactly, yeah. So it's like these guys are thinking they're chatting with, with the webcam girl, but yeah, no, they're, by the they're way, chatting you're not. with another dude. You're no. not, you're not. Yeah. Even when, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I had a, I had, I had a manager. He was handling my only fans. By the way, you're chatting with him. You're not chatting with me. Okay. And I hated it and I fired him. I got rid of him because he would write things to these guys that, that, that is not something I would say. So on my FetLife account, he was handling that and he would write, Oh dear, please follow. You know, I can only chat over on my only fans. And I'm like, I don't talk like that. I don't say, Oh dear. Mm -hmm. Okay. I go, I go, I don't have time to fucking chat here. Okay. You want to talk to me? Go over to my OnlyFans, you know, whatever it is. But, right. um, that's, so I got rid of that, but I'm going to tell you that 99% of the time when you think you're writing these girls, sorry to tell you, and I'll read it for everybody. You're not talking to us. You're talking to all of everybody's got, everybody's got a manager now. I don't, I don't, I got rid of it. I was like, nope, you're talking to me. And when I write on loyal fans, I don't have time to write you guys. That's my biggest thing is because I don't have time to write you guys. Cause I'm actually handling everything on my own. Right. But other well, people are, I mean, yeah. from your standpoint, that's a huge, you know, revenue loss because there's guys willing to chat willing to pay right oh yeah and i and i took the i took i took the loss because i don't want i didn't like when i had him managing it for me i didn't like the answers that he was i didn't like the way he was writing to my to my guests and then he would write me and say i've just blocked this person or i've just deleted this person or i put this person on uh, in timeout i was like what are we 10 like you're putting my fans on timeout uh like i don't want you to do it i'm done so well pretty but soon yeah, with, so. like you, you could already program chat gpt to write in your style oh yeah and you could have you know the ai write all of that. that's what's scary too i mean think about the journalism world now and everything 
It's really oh, yeah. scary. We, we were playing with that the other day. We were playing with the whole chat, you know, chat like saying, okay, we want you to write a letter that says this is, this is, and that's how it comes. And you're like, okay, crap. Wow. Yeah. The kid, we were talking about this with my kids yesterday. They don't even learn cursive anymore in school. They don't, that's not even a class anymore. You don't even learn cursive. I was trying to yeah. write in cursive the other day. I couldn't remember how to do a Z. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember how to do a Z either. <laughs> it's like a... I looked at No, up. I really can't remember. I mean, yeah. no, because I mean, unless it's in your signature when you sign your name, I don't have a Z. Right. <laughs> but like, but like my son, like the youngest one, he was like cursive. We didn't do cursive. And the older one's like, yeah, no, they stopped it when he was in fourth grade. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's what's happening. You're just, soon it's going to be, you don't have to write. You just you have, have sex boys? with robots. I have two boys. And what, what, how old are they? Uh, 19 and 16, almost 16, 16 soon. Couple oh, days. nice. So are they sexually active? Can can you talk about any of that? Sixteen year old, no, no, uh -huh. I don't think so. Nineteen uh, year old was uh, probably still might be. I mean, he's you know he's moved on to college now, but I'm very open with them. So like you know, I would say to him, you know, is your girlfriend at the time? You know, is she on birth control? And he says no because she doesn't want to get fat and moody. And I said, let me tell you what's going to make her fat and moody is pregnancy. Let me tell you what else is going to make you moody is have me as a grandma, not a happy grandma. So you know, but. You know, I'm very open with them on, with both of them on everything, you know, just come to me, ask me any questions, tell me what you want. My youngest son writes music. He's brilliant. He's never had a lesson, creates and produces all of his own music, has taught himself all instruments. He's brilliant. He's really good. And the rest of the family goes, how come he only sends his music to you? Like, how come you get to hear it before the rest of us? And I said, because I'm the only one that'll give him honest criticism and feedback so that he can then perfect it and then send it to everybody, you know? Yeah. So, it's hard to find. So. It's really hard. To yeah, find no, you out. have to be honest. It's the communicate. Communication is key. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's so really cool that that you have that relationship with them and there's yeah. those open lines of communication. Um, have have has the 19 year old ever brought a girl home and? Oh yeah. Had to. Well, my ex husband, my ex husband contacted me and told me that he found condoms in our son's pocket and he was very upset. And I said, I'm not. Yeah. I, I'm glad that he has condoms. However, I think he's gonna. I said I'm very upset that I think he's having sex in a car. So I asked him, I said, I understand that you have set, you know, condoms in your pocket. And he's like, I don't want to talk about it. I already got yelled at it. And I said, no, 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 no. I just want to know if we're having sex in a car. I don't need a police officer calling me and saying that you've gotten in trouble for, you know, sexual misconduct out of the car. I'd rather you do it in the house, please. Like for safety, you know? Yeah, I wish my parents so. said that. I used to have sex in my car all the time. I had a big suburban. Yeah, I mean, of course, if you're, the yeah. more strict you are with, with this whole thing with like the way, with the way, this is why I think still Europe is way ahead of us in America is because we still condone it as like, Ooh, sex. And it's not, not good. And don't do it. And, you know, so you make it such a bad thing that it, people sneak around and look, this, this, my son's girlfriend didn't want to talk to her parents about it. And I can't take her. I legally, I could not take her to go and get birth control from like a Planned Parenthood. She can go on her own, but I can't take her, you know, and she can't talk to her parents. If you don't talk to your kids and have communication, Oh, shocking communication again, there it goes. See, it, well, <laughs> if you look at the cultures that don't have as many sexual problems and that the interesting thing for me is I almost never get clients from Italy, Spain, uh, or France. And why right. do you think that is? It's because those are very progressive sexual cultures and exactly. they teach at a young age, they make sex. Okay. You can drink, you can have sex, you can do these things. You can go nude to a beach and like have mm -hmm. your, you know, have your tits out. It's like not a big deal. Sex. If you don't make deal. it a big it's deal. Like, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. and but yeah, we make it coaching. such a big deal. Those guys never need coaching. They don't need help. Yeah. They they understand women. They understand sex. They I mean, obviously, I've had a couple clients over the years, but like the majority of my clients are always from countries that was once ruled by the British Empire. 
which is yeah, the most, no, it's crazy. You know, I mean, I have um, I you know, I had this um, I think I t- I tell the story on my podcast about um, you know, one of my seminars where everybody left the room and there was a young man in the back crying, and I like walked over and I was like, I'm so sorry, did I say something? And he says. No, I'm a Jehovah's Witness, and I'm 25 years old. I still live at home. I saw the billboard. I've never been anything like this. I think I'm gay. I don't know who to talk to about this, and I thought maybe I could get my answers here, and you're the first person that I've heard openly speak about stuff and living your life for you and stopping the judgment, and my mom just called me and told me, she found out I'm here. I cannot go home. So I said, your mother has just told you. Your your blood mother has just said, because you came to an no nudity, nothing, because you came to a exhibition where you can learn about different things in the adult world or whatever, you can't go home. I gave him my phone number and I said, if you go home and she doesn't let you in the door, you call me. I was so pissed. And as time, I actually met him a year later, a year later at the same show, he shows up at my booth and he says, do you remember me? And I looked at him and I'm like, my Jehovah's Witness? And he's like, yes. And I was like hugging him. I was so excited to see him. But it's like the, you, you, this, the, the religion and all this, you know, um, sex is bad and this is bad. You're just making people take the opposite, absolute opposite direction. It's oh, yeah. with anything. I mean, it's religion, you know, my parents used to tell me, as long as you're under my roof, you will go to synagogue and you will you know, be Jewish and you will do this. And okay, fine. As soon as you turn 18, you don't have to do it anymore. The minute I was 18, I was like, fuck you. Yeah. Done. You know, and they shouldn't I'm have Jewish done that. Too. And they did apologize later. What? I'm Jewish too. And I, went I know to I told you that I said, you're Jewish. You lived in LA and our cross, but we just never have crossed the right paths. And now, now you're married and taken. You see, <laughs> what am I going to do? I remember on the first show. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what did I say to you? I'm like, experience. okay, great. You're in Ukraine now, right? That was where we were. Yeah. Well, I had the same experience with Judaism. You know, I was bar mitzvah and I, you know, I had Me to go to, yep. to, to Tuesday, you know, Hebrew school and Sunday school. And, you know, I hated going to services and all that stuff. And like, it it kind of and and I and I actually really like the Jewish religion. I think it's you know one of the most I do too. open minded. You can argue about it. You can talk about it. They want you to argue about it. They want yes, you to I do too. It. And I actually have returned back to it, but not by force. Exactly. So you my know, my wife, dad one day. Uh, have you too? I mean, my dad one day he oh, called me. I was living in Sweden. And he said to me, good yontav, which means like happy new year, you know, for those of you guys that are not Jewish listening. And I was like, good yontav. And he says, and then you do this thing. It's like where you repent your sins and you throw bread into the ocean to get rid of your sins. And I remember that my, I said to my dad, you know, how's synagogue today? And he goes, oh no, I'm calling you from like the La Jolla cliffs or whatever. In other words, he's sitting on a cliff over the ocean. I go, you're not in synagogue. And he goes, no, I realized today that I forced you and your brother so much to follow this that you didn't. And therefore um, had I not forced you, maybe you would have more embraced the religion that we come from. And he's right. And then he, you know, and because he apologized, it kind of made me go back to it, but I don't force my kids, you know, on anything. Same with like, um, you know, my son plays music and he has the opportunity to play in a band on stage and he doesn't want to, I'm not going to force you when you want to, you want to, when you don't, you don't, if you make a mistake, you're going to learn from your mistakes. We know I've made plenty, you know, so, but don't force. Totally. Yeah. My wife, you know, when, when we came See, to you guys, she's got a wife. Damn it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, she's, I'm going to give you know, shit like that like, forever. <laughs> what? <laughs> she grew up like Russian Orthodox. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's the main religion in Ukraine or Eastern Orthodox, I guess you say, you know, it's like, yeah. Um, and she hated, you know, the, the religion never made sense to her. Like it was just not something that she was, and her family wasn't very religious, but when she un- like started learning about Judaism, like she wanted to convert. So she's been taking classes every Wednesday and I, and I attend the classes and it's really interesting. Um, 
And I, it's given me more of an appreciation of the religion now that it's not forced on me either. So, right, so right. I think that's an ever. It's an, I think that's an everything. You know, it's like, uh, what, what's the latest? India has taken away access to porn, right? I think that's like the country that. Okay, hi, India is like the number. That's the one thing they're like born to work on computers, and they go incognito and end a discussion. And they, my number one, like on my on my social media platforms, my number one following when you break it down is India. Second, Turkey. Mm-hmm. There you go. But they're Rangers, not allowed. Rangers. But they're not allowed to have any access to porn. They just go in on a VPN. It's no problem, right? Of course they do. Yeah, yeah. they're like, they're, it's like, sorry, but like, you know, they're not to be like, like, what do you call it when you're like social stereotyping? But they are good at computers, and no one can outbeat a black man playing basketball. I'm sorry, it's just the <laughs> truth, you know. You know, they kick ass. It's like, and they can dance. Almost every black guy knows. And I'm sorry, but they can dance. You know, yeah. white us white boys and white girls dance. sometimes can't dance, but they can. I'm sorry, I that's just what it dance. is. Yeah. Yeah, sexy. <laughs> <laughs> there was a there was a man at the uh, bar the other night, um, and he was so hot dancing. He was, and everybody was like, "Why? Why do? Why? Why is he so good?" And I said, "Because he's gay. Gay men are good looking dancers. It's not fair, you know." And he could dance. Yeah, I. So, I mean, I've taken dance classes, dance lessons. I just, you know, <laughs> I'm a good athlete. But I'm not a good dancer, and I've I'm okay. You know, with you that. can you can you can yeah. learn to do perfect anything. It doesn't matter. But that's true. You know, we just talk about you know what you're like, but with this whole like you know people saying, oh, you know, the Indians are never they, they can't watch porn. Listen, they figure it out a way. They they figure that out. <laughs> you tell them no, they'll figure it out. So they're the number one subscriber on. They are my number ones. Yeah, I'm sure most. Turkey's number two, mm-hmm. and uh, Greece is my next following. Greece, interesting. Wouldn't expect mm-hmm. that. Like they break it down. Yeah. Huh. Well, speaking of that, um, where can people find you? This has been awesome, by the way. I really <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. Sorry, sorry for my morning of delays, and you know what we were dealing with this morning: communication. Exactly. Well, you're a whole. Uh, where minutes, can I be so. found? Easiest <laughs> is my website. So <laughs> my website is the Coraline Jewel. So it's C O R. A-L-Y-N, jewel.com. And on there, that goes to my Instagram, which is Coraline Jewel. My Twitter is Sweet Blue CJ, but that's why I say just go there because that connects you to my Facebook, Coraline Jewel. I think I have a YouTube that's Coraline Jewel. It leads you over to my website or to my podcast, which is the Embrace hosted by Coraline Jewel. So everything from my website, click, 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 click. Yeah, guys, <laughs> go check it out. Uh, we did a fun podcast a while back, so. Yes, I, well, I don't know which episode that was, but it's on there. I haven't done my podcast in like five months. I've taken a I've taken a very long break. Well, let me know if you if you want to fire back up. I'll come back on. That'd be fun. Yes, I'll bring you back on for sure. And who do you coach exactly? Men, women, anyone? I coach. I coach most of my. I really have a mixture. So I, it's not just men or just women or just couples. I really do have a mixture of people that will contact me either. They are looking into the lifestyle or they are um, involved in the lifestyle and they're having issues or they're involved in they're in, they're involved in the lifestyle and one's having an issue and one's not. Okay. So um, sometimes they'll come to me privately and be like, listen, my husband and I are in the lifestyle. I'm really happy. I can tell he's not. And then I say, well, I'm not going to coach you guys separately. Normally what I do is if it's a couple, I'll bring them in together for one time. We go together and then separate, separate, and then back together to analyze and see if that's something I can help them with. So if anybody is, you know, that's looking amazing. at that kind of stuff, lifestyle stuff. What? Yeah, that's, I didn't know that existed, that, that form of, you know, counseling. That's amazing. I feel like every couple in the lifestyle should hire you. 
because like why not? And, and I think I, I might. Like, I mean, I know that there's other. I know that there's other people that do lifestyle coaching or stuff. And you know, and I don't claim to have. I'm not. You know, I'm not a therapist. I'm not. I'm not a psychologist. Um, you know, I'm not, I don't have a PhD. But I've always said I don't think that I can coach you on what it's like to be. You know, coming out of a sexually abused relationship because I've never been there or mm-hmm. I've never been raped. I've never been molested. I've never had a drug addiction. I've never you know, had an alcohol addiction. How can I coach you on what it's like to be in your shoes if I haven't been in your shoes? You know? And so that's why I tell people, you know, I've been in the lifestyle as a married woman, as a single woman, I'm dating. I've run a swingers club. I still run a swingers club. I've seen everything that there is to imagine to see. And then in the adult world, you know, I also, I coach people, you know, that want to get into the adult industry. Why do you want to get into this industry? The pros, the cons, the legalities of it, um, and really give them the back end of, you know, um, the, the, the outcome and the risks that you're taking and stuff like that. Yeah. So, well, that, that's the thing. It's like, when when you hire a coach, you should hire someone that's walked the path you're looking to walk. Absolutely. You know, it's like, don't hire somebody because they've got eight PhDs and these are master degrees because they no they're just behind a book. Exactly. Like guys hire me for for dating coaching because you know they're they're like fake nice guys and they want to have all these sexual experiences and they they don't know how to do it. They don't know how to communicate. They don't really you know know where to get started and how to get over you know their anxiety to talk to girls or some other sort of higher level anxieties too. But, and it's like, they've, they've tried therapy, almost all of the guys who come to me. For yeah. coaching. And then, you know, but the therapist, like when I, I remember looking for a therapist and it was so hard to find anyone I could relate to because all these guys were just like total nerds who, you know. Yeah. I was going to say like when I, when I did school. my podcast, like when I would do my podcast, you know, um, some of the therapists I had on there. So for example, Dr. Lee Phillips. Okay. So Dr. Lee Phillips is openly flamboyant. Um, you know, he's gay, he's married and he is perfect to counsel somebody in the, in the same situation that he's in, because he has shown that he doesn't give a shit, you know, and this is who he is. And he's, and he's amazing. He's a brilliant man, but he's also brilliant. That's walked in the shoes. And then you've got like, um, LA kink shrink and he specializes in like the kink community, people that can't go to a therapist and say, you know, I get off on, um, electric play or wax play. Cause the therapist goes, well, there's something really wrong with you. We need to prescribe you a medication for that, you know, and that's, oh, but that's, you know, so you, you got to look for somebody who, in my opinion, has experienced and walked in your shoes and is similar to you. And so that's why I get a lot of, um, mostly what comes to me is older couples. Um, I'm, co- I'm co- coaching a couple right now. I've been for a while in Greece, actually. Mm. Um, you know, and she, she went about some things behind his back and he found out and he's a hell of a man for not you know, giving up on that relationship. And instead they came to me and said, how can you help us get through this? You know, so... Find somebody that you guys can connect with, whatever it may be, but don't, don't listen to a therapist telling you there's something wrong with you or, you know, yeah, whatever, because they don't really know anything. Yeah, you have <laughs> so. to find someone, someone relevant, which can be tough when you're dealing with those sort of niche markets. So mm-hmm. that's, that's so cool. Um, so guys, go check out Coraline. Thanks so much for coming on. And, Thanks uh, for having me, darling. It was good chatting with you again. You too. All right. Thanks for having me. Now I have to go fight attorneys and everybody else, right? 
I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you're new to the show and digging our content, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, wherever you listen or watch. But if you're not really digging it, go ahead, just don't leave us any review at all. That'd be great. If you're feeling a little bit stuck or you just want to optimize and step up your game, we've opened up a few spots in our Inner Confidence community. We're accepting applications if you want to join our select group of men and experience the radical power of accountability, cross everything off your sexual bucket list, and just become a beast who gets more stuff done. To learn more and apply, go to start.innerconfidence.com. 